Hello everyone, and welcome to the Quick Connect Podcast, the show that is about giving you the best insights and advice on leadership and leadership development. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. In a world where there are too many podcasts, only one person can bring balance to the chaos. It's time for the Quick Connect Podcast. Please welcome your host, the Senior Vice President of Services, Tim Rogers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quick Connect, where we focus on leadership and leadership development. This is the second of a three-part series where we cover how to prevent the five common dysfunctions within a team and how to increase productivity. In our first episode last quarter, we discussed building trust through vulnerability. Once trust is established, the team members can openly work through conflict instead of trying to ignore it, or even worse, what sometimes happens, they end up lashing out at each other. And a team who trusts each other and works through conflict together is ready to fully commit to the larger team goals. And that's our topic for today, resolving conflict in order to build team commitment to common goals. A quick note about conflict. What's interesting is that there's healthy conflict and not so healthy conflict. And I think it's really interesting. And that's why I'm excited to introduce Don Politano as our special guest, service regional with responsibilities throughout many of our Florida locations. Welcome, Don. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining. I'm assuming that you've uh, dove into this subject matter at some point in your time, conflict resolution, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. But I want to start with a quote of the day. Here is a little wisdom, knowledge, and enlightenment to take with you. It's time for the Quick Connect Quote of the Day. I'm wondering if you're going to recognize this. Individual commitment to a group effort. That is what makes a teamwork, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. Do you have any guesses on who that might be? Well, it's definitely a football quote by legendary <laughs> Vince Lombardi. By Vince Lombardi. So uh, definitely a man of many quotes. Yes, yes. And knowing you're a football guy, knowing you're a Raiders fan, I have to say that out loud even though I don't want to. Got your Raiders cup here in the studio. I do. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you knew that one, obviously, right? Yes, yes. And, and obviously, uh, Vince Lombardi here is talking about what it takes to operate as a group. And conflict can sometimes come into play there, right? Absolutely. And the conflict versus the commitment piece. Mm-hmm. How do you get to the commitment piece? Right. And I think in team sports, like Lombardi's talking about here, is that it's a team environment, right? You learn that in high school. You learn that in grade school in different scenarios. But it's also in our work life and it's our family life and Mm -hmm. it's in society and it's how our whole world works. Absolutely. Right now we got crazy stuff going on just from a diversity of opinions. Right. Right. It's hard to come together. And so our society struggles with that on a regular basis. But I think if we can get past the conflict, Mm -hmm. then you can get to the commitment to solve problems, et cetera. So I think that's pretty important. Agreed. But there is also, I, I would say when it comes to conflict, it's pretty important in an organization. And I would say this, Don, the healthy part of it is that you get to express your opinion, I get to express my opinion. It may be conflicting opinions, but at the end of the day, if we can fight through it with respect, it's healthy conflict. Absolutely. Because I think the solutions at the end come out better. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's necessary conflict. Sometimes you need that conflict there to get to the end goal together. Right. I think if you don't have that at times, you don't get to the right end goal. You don't. You don't get to the right end goal. Correct. I, I completely agree with you. Leaders should focus on embracing and effectively managing conflict rather than ignoring or minimizing the disagreements. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about that, but just to kind of talk about it for a second. It's really the leader's responsibility, part of the development of others, right? That's what we talk about all the time is leadership and leadership development. And part of that development is helping others get through the conflict. Because I think so many times folks want to say the conflict is the negative. 
Right. Absolutely. And don't look at it as the positive. Correct. Right. And sometimes it's not done with respect and maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but certainly if it's done the right way with respect with a group of folks that are trying to get to the same conclusion or have the same goal, um, it's easier to get through that conflict. But I think that's what brings the ideas. Oh, it absolutely does. I think that's what brings the diversity. So I want to, I want to, I want to mention this as well. There's a book called The Good Fight by Leanne Margaret. Mm -hmm. And she writes, conflict allows the team to come to terms with difficult situations, to synthesize diverse perspectives and to make sure solutions are well thought out. That's pretty strong. It says a lot. I mean, it says a lot about the healthy conflict piece. So let me ask you a couple of questions about that subject. How do you think a conflict should be handled between two employees that have opposing views on a work-related topic? So we're getting really into your leadership. You have a lot of folks in your group, mm -hmm. a lot of folks that report to you, and that are also in your group in extended ways. So you've had this, I'm sure, throughout your 20, 30-year career, right? Yes, many a time. How do you think conflict should be handled between two employees that have opposing views on a work-related topic? So I was saying, I think first and foremost, what we have to do is make sure that each employee is heard. We want to make sure that we hear their viewpoints. I'm a big fan of put them together. See if you can iron it out yourself, amicably, of course. We don't want this to get into any type of argumentative discussion. But I think if we sit the two parties down and we give them each a chance to speak their mind, and hopefully they can work out a resolution by themselves, that would be ideal. Unfortunately, sometimes that can happen, and in which case the leader has to get involved and sometimes help make the decision for them. But again, I think it's the importance of understanding their perspectives and then trying to find a common ground that everybody could agree. Exactly. And I agree with you. I think another piece of that might be that from a culture perspective, mm -hmm. the fact that they tried to go through it themselves and they felt heard. Right. I think that really enhances the culture. Oh, absolutely. And could enhance the relationship long term. If they put their heart into it, it absolutely can. But it could also have other effects, too, is if they can't work it out together, when the leadership has to come in, we have to set a path for them to follow for future conflict so that maybe they can work it out without having to get management involved. In those scenarios when it doesn't work out and you're stepping in as the leader, what is your approach? I'll give you a prime example. This happened a few years ago at a location. I got called from a funeral director over the weekend, and uh, she told me a story about a coworker that said something to her, and then I spoke to that coworker, and that they, she said that never happened. So that Monday morning, I came into work, and I just asked them both to come into the office and sat them both down and said, all right, tell me what happened. Put them on the spot, and it got worked out very quickly. So um, <laughs> that's not what I wanted to do, but it definitely worked out. Putting, right. uh, putting me in the room together where somebody could challenge what happened made a big difference, and it made him uncomfortable. Yeah, you know what? It made him uncomfortable, and I was about to say that in a comfortable environment, right? So it wasn't threatening. Correct. Right? You're sitting down. There's no raised voices. There's, hey, we want to come together as a team and resolve this conflict, so let's just look each other in the eye and find out what happened, let's be honest. And that's right. how you start the meeting, by saying just that. This is what yeah. we're looking to do here. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, you begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Right? Where you want to go. And I would bet now, and I don't know who those two folks are, but are they better today than they were then? They don't bad? work for us anymore. They don't work for us anymore. <laughs> but in a lot of cases... For no reason pertaining to that, by the gotcha. way, but nonetheless. But, but in many cases, they end up being closer. They actually they did the get along better. Okay. They actually did because it was just one of those days. It was just the, the stars lined up incorrectly. And once we got through it, they actually had a better understanding of each other. Makes so sense. they just need to be heard. Perfect sense. Yes, sir. Need to be heard. Let's go to the opposite side of that. What's an example of a conflict that was handled well and led to deeper team commitment? Now, those two folks don't work for us. But if you can think of a scenario mm -hmm. where it went really well, the other one kind of did, but they had to get challenged first. Correct. Really went well on their own or how you stepped in as a leader and we ended up with a deeper team commitment and they ended up achieving better, you know, stronger towards the goal. I had a location where there were different personalities, which is the same for every location. But um, I had a few people that just did not understand each other. They didn't understand how they talked, how they acted, why they did the things they did. So when we had a staff meeting together and we actually had, every, this is probably about six years ago, everybody get up and 
let's get to know each other again. They got to stand up, talk, say who they were, what their viewpoints were. It kind of brought a closeness to the team. We had lunch together afterward, and I saw people that normally did not talk. One in particular was not social. She was actually getting around talking to people. And from there, the relationship among the team grew. And I saw the results showed with the families, with the day-to-day, -day, with the location, the morale was better. The people that normally did not go near her because they didn't understand her, now we're starting to socialize with her. And one other quick thing, I say this all the time, but this other story popped in my mind. It's unrelated to our offices. We did a team building event. And the event was they broke up everybody to tables of six or eight people. And they put this story on the board and it said, you have to tell us what item we have to use to escape the fire in the woods. You're in the house. And it was like a, a beach chair, a comb, a brush, a ladder, a, a bottle of water. Each person had to write down the order in which they think they needed to use the items. Afterward, everybody would now talk about what their list was, but everybody had to come to an agreement on exactly what the order was. So now we had six to eight different viewpoints and people arguing about <laughs> why we should use the straw first and the ladder first. But at the end of that session, everybody came to an agreement. And then future sessions, people came to an agreement, but they came to an agreement a lot faster because they had an understanding of how the other person was thinking. Exactly. You know what that made me think of too from a team building event is sometimes you take on a new group where you have people that come in new to your group right. and you want to do a little icebreaker, some introductions, those types of things. But even if you know each other for a few years, if it's the same group, should you not do icebreakers later? Should you not do team building events later? Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe it's not necessarily an icebreaker, but the team building lets them find out more about their coworkers. You'd be surprised what you find out too. Yeah. And that goes back to the vulnerability piece. If you mm -hmm. go back to the first part of the series, we talk about that vulnerability and that's getting out there in front straight and saying, this is kind of who I am and kind of exactly. how I think and what yep. direction I'm going. And you build trust through that process. Oh, absolutely. And then it helps you get to the conflict piece. Absolutely. Right? When people let their guard down and let you in, it's definitely easier to work with them. Excellent. Excellent. So now that we got the conflict piece, right, we know where we're going and some ideas of how to get there, what it can mean to the team. Let's talk about how that turns into, so once the healthy conflict's established, employees become willing to focus, you know, harder, stronger, straighter at commitment mm -hmm. to the team and to the goals. So the organization then is, is complete because now the organization's going in the right direction. So you're going to, everybody going towards the right goal. Committed employees are an asset because they align with the values of the organization. Their turnover rate is significantly lower and the quality of their work is noticeably higher retention is pretty big today. Absolutely. And a lot of folks are struggling with it because people are changing jobs quicker. Read a lot of stats on that. 65% of people that were looking for a job regretted it. Right. They're looking back going, okay, what was I looking for? Was it money? Was it, you know, culture? What was it? Are you saying the grass isn't always greener? I'm not sure. You know, only, only underneath the sewer tank. Right. That's the only place <laughs> that it's actually greener. Right. But, but as a whole, when you talk about the commitment piece, if you have a culture where you can get through conflict and you can bring people together on the commitment, mm -hmm. would that naturally then reduce Turnover. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Increase retention, right? Absolutely. And then you get higher productivity, right? Absolutely. As leaders, it's your duty to maintain and strengthen the commitment of your teams. And that's a process you have to go through when there's conflict that might be leading or edging towards not healthy. Right. Right. You do this by continuing to teach them, effectively communicating, treating them fairly and recognizing their achievements, right? So it's a lot of the things that you talked about um, that we do from a culture perspective as leaders. Right. And, and unfortunately, some leaders don't do it. And that might be part of that 65% of the people that left, right? Because people leave people. Oh, absolutely. You know, people leave people. Absolutely. And so what are you doing as a leader to help drive that trust and vulnerability matters? Well, first, there definitely has to be an awareness. I always like to use the analogy of the ostrich that sticks its head in the sand. When there's stuff going around, the ostrich will poke its head in the sand until the danger is gone. As, as a leader, we have to be aware of what's going on. When I go to an office, I'll notice that somebody's door is always closed. If I notice people are just not talking to one another. So from that perspective, it definitely has to be addressed swiftly. If you notice something's not right, you don't want to let it fester. So I think the best thing you have to do is when you notice something, this conflict, you have to address it right away. 
I think you also have to um, embrace the conflict. Why is it even there in the first place? Why do you have that perspective on things? What is it that's getting you to think in this direction? If everybody that's involved with the conflict is heard and there's an understanding, sometimes it's a challenge to get somebody to bend on their beliefs, right? Sure, of course. But positive reinforcement, constant communication, um, rewards and accolades, all that kind of ties into people, going back to what you said about the commitment to drive to the common goal. If you can get people on board with what you're looking to do, if they see that you're trying to get the team going in the right direction. If I visit an office and I leave and I notice something's going on, they're going to lose respect for me. And that's not going to help me. Right. So I think as a leader, it's recognizing it early, handling it quickly, making sure everybody knows what we're looking to accomplish. And this way, everybody heads to the goal uh, at the same time. You know, I saw a quote the other day, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but it said, don't raise your voice, improve your argument. Really? Yeah. Don't raise your voice, improve your argument. my voice. Eh, I kind of okay. cut that. Don't raise your voice, improve your argument. I really thought about that a lot in the workplace. Mm -hmm. As leaders, we have to manage that process sometimes because folks do want to get upset. Oh, absolutely. And you know, raising your voice is the same as going to your office and sticking your head in the sand. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. the same thing, yeah. right? It's the same thing. You're just not screaming it vocally, right. verbally. But the idea of it is then to improve your argument. So if you're really strong in the idea that you have mm -hmm. and somebody else is bringing a different point of view, if you want to win them over, improve your argument. Absolutely. And then find middle ground. But it's right? easy to be loud, though. But it's easier to be loud. Right, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the wrong way, but we do I it. agree. I no, I agree with you. Basic yeah. human nature to, to follow that path. Yes. Again, rather you're closing the door and hiding in your office or raising you know, your voice. Mm -hmm. it, it's the same thing if you haven't confronted the difference of opinion. Oh, absolutely. And improved your argument. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's happening in society today. And we don't have to go down that path. That's happening every place in terms of getting really stuck in the position you're in and not even being willing to listen to what else is going on. Well, if I'm trying to get you to believe or follow a certain point of mine, I have a better chance of getting you to agree with me or follow suit if I explain the reasons behind it versus just telling you or yelling at you. Maybe at the end of the day, you're going to do it, but you're not going to do it for the right reasons. I want you to do it because I explained it's the right way to do it. It's going to benefit you in the location versus you're doing it because I yelled at you to do it. Right. So right. it's, it's a whole different animal. We kind of touched on it, but let me ask you this question. What are some signs of a team member who is not as committed as they used to be and what can be done when you notice it? Wow. You're hitting, so you're hitting sore spots for me today. So um, <laughs> unfortunately, not every manager shows those signs. And some, I think everybody that's listening to this at some point or another has had a coworker or a boss that went for lunch and didn't come back type of scenario. <laughs> so the yeah. signs aren't always there. However, more times than not, they are. And, and those could be, you know, I'm not in a location every single day, but our leaders are, our managers are. They notice when somebody is not acting the same way, they're not behaving the same way, they're disengaged. Maybe they're not doing the work the way that they used to. So there are telltale signs that happen right in front of you, especially people you work with every day. We get to know each other very well. We're creatures of habit. When somebody is right. acting or behaving differently, somebody has to speak up and say something. And unfortunately, I've had situations where the manager was crumbling right before the staff's eyes and, and nobody brought it to anyone's attention. Right. By that time, it was too late to fix it. So I definitely think it's one of those things where just look for differences in behavior, uh, attitudes at work, how you talk to people. That's usually a telltale sign yeah. something's going off the rails. I got to agree that. You know what I call it is an awareness to patterns. Mm -hmm. When somebody's patterns change, which is like you said, the behavior, yep. coming in a little bit later, getting disconnected, not joining the group in their lunch, and they have every work day for the last five years, right? right. And all of a sudden they don't want to sit down and eat with you. There's something going on. Absolutely. And I think it's that early detection Yes. is what solves most of the problems. It's being aware of the pattern change. I agree a thousand percent. It's an awareness that something's going on. And even if it's not, it doesn't hurt to say, hey, is everything okay? You know, what's going on? You know, we have to make sure we address it quick. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Again, it's that awareness to pattern changes. Yep. It's awareness to pattern changes. Yes, sir.
So anyway, all right. So as managers, chances are that you've seen the strain that uncontrolled conflict and uncommitted employees can have in organizations. So you know the importance of managing it effectively. I think we touched on those points from a conflict perspective, early detection, right? Right. And on the commitment side. Right. And I think we recognize through our conversation that as leaders, it's our responsibility to develop those around us and develop the group and the culture right. to, to really reach out and have an atmosphere and a feeling that if we work together, if we work through the conflict in a healthy way and respectful way, we will get more done. We'll reach more goals, personal and company driven. Absolutely. Right? And, and we'll accomplish more and go further and go higher. Right. And I think that's really what it comes down to when you combine that conflict and commitment. And on the next episode, the third of the series, we're going to talk about what that comes down to, which is results, right? productivity. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. So really, really important. I think it's very um, direct in terms of if you're looking and you handle it directly and you mm -hmm. get in front of folks and you have the trust, you've been vulnerable, you handle the conflict in a healthy way, you get commitment from your team. Absolutely. And I just want to reiterate again, the importance of addressing it quickly, because a problem that's addressed sooner is small. If you let it fester, you could lose other employees. It could also affect the business and the families we serve. You have to address it quick. I know I said it a few times, but it's absolutely important it's addressed quick. And a lot of times people don't want to address conflict. They only want to go in and have the good good meetings. You know, you're putting right. your time off, you're getting a raise. <laughs> right. And they have to go in and, and be the bad guy. They don't want to do it. And what ends up happening is it gets worse. Yeah. So again, address it quickly. At the end of the day, leaders lead. Yes, sir. So we do. Don, thanks for joining me today. No problem. I had a great conversation about conflict and commitment. As we, as we go through that series of the five dysfunctions of a team, mm -hmm. it's happening all around us. It happens everywhere in every industry. It's all about the leader stepping forward, recognizing it quickly, yep. addressing it honestly, and moving the team forward. Not being afraid to have difficult discussions yep. if you have to. And I appreciate what you do. And I appreciate you. you being here. Likewise. Thank you. But before I let you off the hook. It's time for the world famous Quick Connect Lightning Round. What's the lightning round? I think you might have heard of this in the past. The I lightning have. round is, I'm going to ask you some questions. And you get to answer with one word, okay? This is going to be tough. It's all right. Everybody okay. who's done it before has, has made it through it, all right? Question number one, what word do you think of when you hear commitment? Dedication. Dedication, like it, all right. What word do you think of when you hear healthy workplace conflict? Uh, healthy workplace conflict. I think of uh, productivity. Productivity, there yes, you go. Absolutely. That commitment leads to productivity, right? If you get through the conflict in a healthy way, respect. Absolutely. That's been another good one, right? Mm -hmm. When employees are committed to both their jobs and the organization, they are rock stars. Rock stars. Absolutely. Is that one word or two rock stars? Anybody Google that? No, that might be two words. I'm being told that's two words. Yeah. Being told that's two words. All right. Well, they're firing on all cylinders. You yeah. know, everything's good at home. They're coming in. Boom. Yeah. 100% agree. In one word, describe your commitment to your team. I have a word. I don't know. You tell me. I oh, know I do have a word. Oh, right? you have a word. Okay. No, I do have a word. I just <laughs> I can't. Uh, undying. I don't okay. know if that's a good word, but that's I am just name. dedicated and devoted to the success of our group, 100%. So. And I think that's the way it has to be. And I think it's very important that you didn't say a metric or a KPI. Yeah. In any industry, it doesn't matter, right? It's about the people. It's Absolutely. about being committed to them, their success, helping grow, because that's what leadership's about. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. All right. Fifth and final question. Halloween is less than a month away. What is your favorite costume to wear? Captain Spaulding. Who's Captain Spaulding? So Captain Spaulding is a character from the old Marx Brothers movies. However, Rob Zombie did a movie called House of a Thousand Corpses, and Captain Spaulding is the main character in House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. Everybody watch them. Captain Spaulding. <laughs> a shout out to Captain, Captain Spaulding. His character, Sid Haig, is now dead, but 
He lives in my memory. Well, here's what I'm really happy about. I'm glad that we weren't supposed to guess what your favorite oh. person would be because Captain Spaulding would not have been. What would you guessed? I'm a professional wrestler. All right, so we got Captain Spaulding. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you coming in. Not a problem. Glad to be here. For the time of this, it's been fantastic. Can I do the next podcast too, or this is it? Uh, probably not, but you might be a special guest in the future. It's hard oh, to I tell. I like that. I like it's that. It's hard to say. Let's do it. Well, everybody, thanks for joining today. Uh, and as usual, I want to close with this. Rather a leader in title or not, whether you're grandma or grandpa, whether you're an aunt or an uncle, a brother or sister, or just a good friend, if you have influence and impact, you are a leader. Thanks, everyone, and see you next time. Thank you. You have just listened to the Quick Connect podcast with your host, Tim Rogers. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. 